Welcome to episode four of the Chi-Town Shoot Wrestling Podcast. I'm Marson, and joining me in the squared circle are David, Chris, and Andres. We're coming at you from the heart of the wrestling world, Chicago, Illinois, bringing you the latest news, hottest takes, and all things AWE and AEW. Don't forget, folks, send us your thoughts, your questions, and all of your predictions to Chi-Town Shoot Podcast at gmail.com, and we can tackle your comments in the mailbag section. Without further ado, let's start chat and before we get in the news though let's just let's ask what's what's been going on uh for the past two weeks or so since our last recording um how's your how's your saturday how did your saturday go guys shit you Boy, were there i guess i was <laughs> but i want to know how you felt you know no it was good good vibes friend had a birthday yeah a little yeah, karaoke yeah yeah, yeah. I feel when when I'm drunk, I feel like I'm the best dancer in the world, and I see the replay, and I just look like you definitely thought that. Yeah, definitely you were definitely feeling yourself. That's for sure. Oh, I was feeling myself, but it was like um, the the kind of dancing you see at like uh, white people weddings. But I enjoyed myself, and and people were hyping me up. So was it uh, was it was it Family Guy where it's like I forget what the skit was, but like somebody. Felt like they were they're on great. LSD and they think they're the band is they're amazing. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People go. who are sober looking at it, they're just like drooling and just screaming into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but like in their mind, they sounded like Simon and Garfunkel and like the rainbows and stuff was fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What'd you even have, Marcy? Or did you guys have a game of horror? What did I? I I mean, I had a gin and tonic before because I. Oh. What I I had yeah I think the slurs a little bit. <laughs> well, you mean today? Uh, no, yesterday. Yeah, um, yesterday. Yeah, gin and tonic. I, we had a couple before. What? We went to to that karaoke place, and thankfully, I had I had um I had a hundred dollar bill in my pocket, so I went to Target and got some mixers because we ran out, and then yeah, just got my my change um, bags. And it was a perfectly good amount of money for, you know, that cash only bar. So, yep. but it was good. I mean, I got a chance to do some singing, some uh, back uh, dancer, background dancer person thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw Jarvis recording. Um, but yeah, it was Dan's birthday and it was fun seeing other okay. folks I haven't seen in a while. Same, actually. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen like all of those people. Like yeah. everyone else, I mean, outside of us, but like, yeah, but I, I actually was talking like a lot of like, like a dragon and Resident Evil with a few people there, actually. So <laughs> that's cool, too. That, yeah, it was nice. Um, but we were, not, we were actually out pretty late. Too. I was surprised, like, how late it was, like, when I saw the time. Like, everyone it was like, like 1 a.m., but that bar goes into like 5 a.m., apparently, because it <laughs> opens at 8. So they, they got there at 8 to get, you know, grab a table and stuff. Yeah. One of the yeah, no, liquor license. <laughs> it was bumping though, yeah, dude. It was oh, really, really it was good though. It was bumping. Well, how about let's jump into the news. Um, this time we're going to start a little differently. We're going to talk about AEW first, and then we have a story involving Hulk Hogan, which is pretty entertaining. Hulk, uh, this Hulk past- Hogan. Hulk Hogan, man. Hogamania. What's he going to do? A.W. hires a three-time Emmy Award-winning writer, 
She uh, is Jennifer Pepperman. She used to be writing for um, WWE. Um, for AEW, she's been hired as the vice president of content development. She was with WWE, I think, for like 12 years or so. And she did a lot of writing for the women in WWE. And it seems like Tony Khan is trying to increase the the focus of women's wrestling with Mercedes showing up uh, next month and just kind of building up the women's wrestling uh, across all of their shows. Uh, she is, I think, going to work alongside Tony Khan, but there hasn't been anything explicit in terms of the the amount of content that she's going to be working on. Is she working side by side? Is he just going to lay his hands off the women's division and let her work on that while he does the men's division? I think that'll be interesting. But what do you guys think about this story with him hiring a new new writer? Do you think it's going to help the product or do you feel like that's that's not going to change a, a thing? I mean, I th- it, can, it can only help it, I, I would assume, right? Like, I mean, if she... If she wrote for WWE, do we know what significant storylines she was involved with? Do we know that? She's been helping the SmackDown's women roster for a while. Do yeah. we know, like, she when, she, <laughs> when did she uh, get hired for, in WWE? So what was that decade or period of time? I feel like it was, like, since, like, 2012. Okay. 2010, 2012. And I mean, she left not too long ago. She's been there for a while. I mean, a lot of that women's stuff started to really kind of like come up around that time, like the the four horse women and all that stuff. Um, so I, I I imagine it's going to be a good thing for AEW. Yeah. I can't see it going bad. If it goes bad, that has to do with anything out of shit she can control, I think. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I wonder how much power she, she has. Yeah, if they give her like the absolute freedom that she wants to do as writing in it, you know, and if she was there for the start of that woman's evol- like what was it, evolution of it or woman's revolution that woman's start revolution. time of it, you would say. Yeah. yeah. So that that's actually very good. And that was actually a really cool time, actually. With the whole I NXT agree. like uh, I actually really enjoyed that a lot. I think I think this also shows like <laughs> fans and stuff that Tony on some level is listening to the online discourse or, you know, like fans in general, because I'm guessing that move wasn't just like, I mean, he understands people are saying, Oh, we need this. We need that. You know, as far as like developing storylines and things like that. So that's, I'm assuming that's where that this is coming from. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that he's, he always hypes up the product and he, he, he comes across as, AEW can really do no wrong, but I, I mean, as a boss, I guess, and you're trying to, you, you wouldn't crap on your own product, you know, and he words it in a way where it, it just seems more of, of opportunities instead of saying like, oh, it's not doing great here or great here, which, which is the right thing to do, but he's obviously not as delusional as people think <laughs> he is, given that he did this smart business decision by hiring another person because i mean he he, i know i feel like he's trying to be like a vince mcmahon where he can kind of put his hands in every little aspect of AEW. but vince mcmahon 
is was a unique person, but also even for him, that wasn't viable because for WWE for the longest time, there was also not coherent storytelling. There was a lot of starts and stops and and things that don't necessarily make sense or have the the audience forget about a specific angle and they just move in a different direction. So if you want to mimic Vince McMahon, I would not be doing that when it comes to storytelling. I wouldn't even try it. I wouldn't even, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't even attempt it. That's my gift. <laughs> so, so the 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 news that broke with with him hiring this person, I think, is is very smart. And hopefully, when it comes to collaboration and writing, she is on even footing with him. I, are there other? Pe- I mean, are there other people who are writing for AEW wrestlers, or is it just Tony Khan who's coming up with all like the storylines and? Is there also a collaboration with the wrestlers too? I'm not really sure what the dynamic is. Danielson and a couple other of the, of like the really, I wouldn't say like the big vets, but just like the people that are, have like really long tenures in professional wrestling. Like I think uh, Christopher Daniels is one. Like off the top, I know Daniels, uh, Stokely, Stokely's, has a big part of Ring of Honor, and then, and of course, you got Arn Anderson too, maybe. Uh, probably. I know Malenko was for a while, but Dean Malenko's been pretty sick. I forgot about oh, Malenko. Mm-hmm. I don't know the uh, what do they call him, the Man of a <laughs> Thousand Holds. Yeah. So that's probably why Jericho's in creative because he knows a thousand and four. Yeah, I think that was a thousand one, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he has a thousand four. Armbar, you gotta bring that out, pull out the list. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's it's the right creative decision, and it'll be interesting to see as Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision move along, what the storytelling is going to look like. Um, I I saw Wardlow's promo, and I mean. That was a really good promo. I don't know who wrote who wrote that up for him, but what him complaining about not getting a title shot a week ago or so. That was a really good promo. So it seems like and maybe that has nothing to do with her, but at least when it comes to storytelling for the past couple of weeks, it seems like AW's kind of finding its footing and going in a direction that is the right direction if that makes any sense yeah i mean like the she the the sting promo like i don't know who wrote that or the um christian cage and daniel garcia exchange was fucking great <laughs> that shit was good um that was that was really good i i, I watched that too yeah yeah and that address oh, look was, who's been was watching his aw <laughs> yeah man Marston. Like yeah. sometimes you just feel like like I kind of just have this gut feeling of this like change that's happening. Like you just kind of like feel like that's what we're seeing right now. So I mean, time will tell, but I feel like this is going to be a pivoting point. Yeah, I'm I'm genuinely excited for Revolution. Like I I I think just the marquee match of Sting's last match, and we'll get into this later if it actually is or how it's gonna how it's gonna work out. I'm 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 actually excited for Revolution. He's like the he's like the McRib. He's like I'm back. <laughs> yeah, he's gone for a limited time, then he's back. It's like Ric Flair, Shit. birds of a feather. Yeah, we'll talk about his ass too. 
Yeah. Speaking of people from that era, let's talk about Fossilster. Hulk Hogan. So there's this is a little different story that we we have we um are talking about today because we normally do business related stuff. But this I just thought this was kind of funny. Um Hulk Hogan, I feel like, is known to embellish certain details and storytelling and perhaps there are a lot that are accurate but a lot of folks who have worked with him who have a different take or perspective on specific stories that he's brought up have said that that isn't true so 100 matches a year exactly (laughs) well that one i feel like we can all objectively say that was bs but maybe it was a slip of the tongue who knows or you know he's going senile but (laughs) Hulk Hogan, apparently, in a recent interview, he said that the head of Paramount, when he was at his peak in, uh, in the Hulkamania era, he said it, that the head of Paramount told him that he's going to be the next John Wayne for Paramount. So this took place around, like, 1989-ish. So that was the peak of Hulkamania. And during this time, there were a lot of movies that he was looking to star in. And he was already, I, th- I think he did Rocky Three. No Holds mm-hmm. Bard was also in 1989, too. So he was starting to do a little bit of movie roles. Um, and I'll read a little bit of what Hulk Hogan said. I'm not going to do it in his Hulk Hogan voice. Oh, hey, brother. <laughs> you might have to drop some slurs if you did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me tell you, PG, yeah, these YouTube videos would be, like, stricken down immediately. <laughs> We would be banned from monetization. (laughs) So what Hogan said was, it was a logical extension of where I should go in my career. Once the wrestling took off and the character Hulk Hogan became as big as the wrestling business at the time, people were reaching out to me to do other projects, commercials, Super Bowl commercials, right guard commercials, all kinds of stuff. The movies were a logical extension. Vince and I sat down and basically spent three days on Laguna Beach writing No Holds Barred, and then we brought a writer in to clean it up, who got all the credit for it because we didn't know anything about writing or the Screen Actors Guild or the Writers Guild. Once I made that film and it was successful, New Line Cinema wanted me to make more films. The problem I had with it was I loved wrestling so much, dude, and I was in the prime of my career. Dude. Dude. It wasn't like I was on the downside and I was picking up extra work or try to get out of the business. I was the champion. Hulkamania was running wild. I had 20, 30,000 people every night. And now you want me to go sit in a Winnebago on the side of Sony soundstage for 14 hours. And you might call me at five o'clock to get in front of the camera for five minutes. Process was hard. So I always wanted to go back to wrestling. I did. I kept bouncing back and forth, making small, low budget movies for kids and having fun with that and shooting them for 25 to 30 days and then running right back to the wrestling business. I had chance to I had the chance to become like the next John Wayne. There was a guy named Bob Evans who ran Paramount. He took me into his office and there was a big picture on the wall with Clint Eastwood and John Wayne and all the big stars like Dustin Hoffman. Everybody that was part of the contract players for Paramount, he said you're going to be my next John Wayne. Then he laid out the schedule and what was expected of me on and off camera. And I went, hey, uh, I'm the wrong guy for that kind of stuff, dude. I just decided to go back to wrestling. Mean Gene. So I said I was going to read brother, a portion. Brother, I ended brother, up reading the brother, whole thing. Brother, 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 oh, thank brother, brother. So, brother, brother, brother. I thought, I thought that was kind of funny. And 
I mean, maybe it's true. I feel like he could have potentially been that type of star because he was popular, but yeah, you guys feel like them too. that was that that was accurate, or do you think he was kind of embellishing the details with that I, interaction? I, I, think Hollywood pitches, I think Hollywood pitches are pretty out there, so I think I I I believe it. Like yeah. uh he especially if you kind of look at like that timeline, like Super Macho's you know, yeah. 80s action. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hulk Hogan uh, was the perfect build for it. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone's one of his best friends, or was, or is, I don't know. He's not anymore. dead yet, so I think they still, I mean, I think they're still friends. Uh, yeah, and yeah he, know, started, he started in Rocky Three as, as Thunderlips or Thunderpuss or whatever the hell he was called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was before. Right. That was even before he got bid, too. That was, like, between AWA, New Japan, and before he ever went to WWE. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Oh, shit. You're yeah, right, I mean, so. I can believe it. Like, I'm sure there's some, probably some mispoints in his story, I mean, but... If the Rock could skate around, story. if the Rock could skate around for as long as he did before he became an action hero, I believe it out of Hulk Hogan. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was I the mean, one that set that standard for wrestling to go outside of wrestling and become movies. Really. I mean, he would be he would be typecasted pretty quick, though. I mean, it's like yeah. he would only play one kind of character, and he's he's got such a specific look to him. Like, how do you even like put him in like anything but <laughs> but like you know an an action comedy or something? Like, that's it. Like, how, like what else do you do with a guy that's got a skullet and a fucking Fu Manchu? Serious <laughs> political like, drama. Yeah, like and a bandana. Like the Rock or like Dwayne Johnson, at least. Like, okay, he's a muscular dude, but you you could see him in like maybe a couple other roles but the problem with him is his acting chops and like his his range for that so i can't no. i can only imagine like fucking hulk hogan in some kind of like movie like besides the crap that he came out with you know what i mean he could have been in that nwa uh film whoa which which <laughs> nwa are we talking about <laughs> that would have been a weird whitewash <laughs> no Cause isn't isn't that a re- isn't the is wasn't that movie a remake of, of one that happened in the nineties or, or was that just a biography for mm-hmm. NWA? The rap group or the promotion? The rap group, not not the promotion. No, so Boys in the Hood was a nineties movie that had Ice Cube, and there were plans to put the rest of NWA, but then NWA mm. fell out amongst each other, so the only person that made the cut was Cube. That's what it was. See, Hulk Hogan, that was that was like Pete Hulk Hogan era, so he could have been in, could have been in there. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Jesus. Uh, that would have been funny. But, but yeah, I mean, have you guys seen any Hulk Hogan movies besides his cameo in, um, in Rocky III? Santa with muscles. Terror with muscles. I've, I've seen, like, trailers of it i've seen him in like cameos and that kind of stuff like i remember i think it was in baywatch and yeah he was uh i think he was in gremlins too actually too macho man was in baywatch too right probably i mean <laughs> muscly dudes with no shirts on in a beach yeah if, if that's 300 probably, pound white boys um, with do-rags yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I've seen others, but the one that always comes to mind is Mr. Nanny. And I remember, like, as a kid thinking it was good. I mean, I don't remember if it was like if I watched it as an adult. Probably don't want to, but. 
I mean, if you want a good right. laugh, next holiday season, watch Santa with muscles. That shit was trash. But it's it's so it's so bad it's good kind of a thing. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Is yeah. it so bad it's good like The Room? <laughs> the Room? Kind yeah. of. But I, but I feel like they're they're legitimate. I mean, so I guess he was trying to be serious too, Tommy Wiseau. But... Tommy Wiseau was definitely trying to be serious. And then it just kind of <laughs> turned into a parody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. I guess it's something like the room. It's just really bad. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd 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 like to see I'd like to see Hulk Hogan just be in a bunch of more movies, just so I could. Make I think I think that was post steroid trial I'd put him too, because he was like super lean in that movie. He wasn't as like big as he was. So. Sand with muscles, yeah. Sand because because Sand with muscles was like ninety six. Oh, steroid, yeah. steroid trial thing was like ninety two. So he was already was he already in uh. Yeah, he was in WCW at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he during the NWO, when he turned on right there, he like right before that, he was filming movies left and right. Yep. He was in a Three Ninjas movie. What the hell? Oh yes, yeah. He was. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember now. Damn. <laughs> Holy crap! When they went to Mega that. Mountain. That's insane. <laughs> High noon at Mega Mountain. What the hell? Yeah, dude, I remember that now. It made three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars at the box office. Now that's nineteen ninety-eight money, which I don't know if that's good, even in nineteen ninety-eight. But I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It received universally negative reviews, and it's generally generally <laughs> considered to be the worst of the four in the series. I believe that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Kevin Nash? Uh, wasn't Kevin Nash Shredder and the Super Shredder? Yeah, Super, Super Shredder, Shredder and Secret well, of the Ooze, or was it in the first one? TMNT two. Oh, Super Shredder was Ooze. They had yeah. him, and then the actual actors from the Mortal Kombat games were the Ninja Turtles. Damn. And Talk about of, a shitty cast, like wrestlers and, and movies and stuff. Do you feel like there was? Because you know how they're like six Marine movies and John Cena's in a bunch of other things. And The Rock has obviously been kind of the the template for wrestlers becoming actors. Are there any favorite wrestler like starring movies that you guys think are actually genuinely good? The Miz? Starring? Six? No. (laughs) I saw one movie with Triple H called The Chaperone, I believe. And I thought it was okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He was in Blade Three. Brought, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. Brought it up but like motherfucker. You don't know what movie that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that movie. Knucklehead with fucking Big Show. <laughs> WWE Studios doesn't exist still, does it? Like, are they still making? I don't think so. I don't think so. Nah. Oh, Cole does really good in cameos. Shawn Michaels had a movie too, I think, or he was releasing. Our guest star. Did he hate it? A porno? Like, what movie was he? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I forgot. I, I saw a clip of it. He was like fighting some guy on a ship. Like, X Pac had a movie know. too. <laughs> it, could have been like, uh, it very well could have been like Marine 4 or Marine 5. I don't know. But... <laughs> Stone Cold's had a decent career of cameos. Has he? Sure. Like short roles. Well, he was also in Expendables. He was in Expendables. He was in The yeah. Longest Yard. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, yeah, he was in wasn't Goldberg Nash in that too, Goldberg. or no? Yeah. Yeah, Goldberg's in it. Great colleague. Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Expendables? No. Uh, no, The Longest Yard. Longest Yard. Oh, shit. No, I guess I haven't seen that in a while. I don't remember. 
But there's also, I guess, the the one that always comes to mind for me is See No Evil with Kane because they kept hammering yeah. that May 19th uh, yeah. <laughs> promo on Raw and he'd keep going crazy every time you brought up May 19th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, the WWE Studios, I felt like was... I mean, again, like, I guess they started with the Marine with John Cena and that did okay. And then they just kept releasing more Marine movies starring different wrestlers. Ted DiBiase Jr. DiBiase Jr. was in one. Was Randy Orton in one? No, I think he was originally supposed to be. He was in something. The Miz was in another one. The Miz was in like two or three of them. I think Ziggler was in in something. Ziggler, probably, yeah. He was in the Marine Seven. <laughs> the Marine Seven. Yeah, oh he, has a, he has a fight scene with Rusev in one of them. That's funny. Hey, don't forget about Dave Batista. He did. He's acting. Dave Batista. That. Oh, you know what? You make a really good. Point. Oh, sorry, Batista, the only good one. Yeah, My like, yeah. legitimate. Yeah, that has, guy has actual roles, range. You know? The guy what has actual it? range. You just completely forgot about that. <laughs> He, well, he's he's been a real success story. I mean, The Rock obviously made, is makes a bajillion dollars in the box office, and but I think there is something to it that The Rock just kind of plays The Rock. It just like with a different costume in all their yeah. all, in all of his movies, which oh, yeah. is fine because his charisma is still like good. So if it's Fast and Furious, if it's Jungle Cruise or whatever the hell it was called, mm-hmm. um, Walking Tall, Journey walking to the tall? Center of the Universe, yeah. or some crap. Right, or that that remember the uh, crappy CGI scorpion uh, in uh, <laughs> was it the Mummy Two? Like that shit looked <laughs> so unbelievable. But I guess it was okay for two thousand one or whatever it was. Fairy with a tooth. Actually, actually, tooth fairy. I really yeah. like the fairy. Yeah, actually, like the King had its own spinoff. So you know, yeah, exactly. Well, mostly the Mummy movies. Yeah, so. Rocky. The Mummy movies were good. Minus yeah, like, the third one was. Okay. It was all right. And then the one after yeah. that, I don't think any, they didn't even have anybody in it, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it, it, we can end it around here, but let, I think we are all in agreement that Dave Batista is probably the best wrestler. Yeah, sorry for getting about you, Big Dave. Yeah, yeah. my bad. <laughs> but you yeah, are the best. You're really good in James Bond. You're really good in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was also in, I don't know, have you guys watched like the Glass Onion series? The, the, with uh, Daniel Craig as the um, like the inspector kind of person, he was yeah. really good in that too. He, he was good in Blade Runner in the sequel or whatever. He was really good. Oh, in yeah, that. I forgot he was in Blade Runner. He, sure. That was like like as far as like serious roles, like he played really well in that shit. And that he's shit. in Dune too, isn't he? Oh yeah, he does so well. We forget to talk shit about it. Right, exactly. You only bring up the asshole. He seems like an actor, right? <laughs> like he just kind of blends in with all the good acting because everyone yeah. else is kind of like an anomaly. Like, oh yeah, he's really good. He's so good. I ever seen him. about him? <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you mentioned Doom, I actually saw that in theaters as well, and that was pretty rough. Oh shit, I forgot about Doom. Yeah, with The Rock in Doom. Uh, didn't The Rock also? Didn't they try to like redo Spy Hunter, and he was like the main dude for Spy Hunter and shit? Did that actually happen, or did it cancel? Or did it get... Uh, who I don't knows? remember Spy Hunter. It went straight to DVD. <laughs> yeah, okay. Next to Steven Seagal. I do remember hearing about that. Hobbs and Shaw. There we go. Steven Seagal. But, yeah. Sounds, on sounds the 
<laughs> Actually, you guys, you guys remember when we were, you guys remember we were talking about the <laughs> You guys yeah. remember when we were talking about the His dance hall. I called, what was it? Uh, ice Spice, I called her Space Ice. Remember when I did that? Yeah, you were Space Ice. I was like, uh... I, the reason why I did that is because I actually like consistently watch a YouTube channel called uh, Space Ice that does all Steven Seagal movies. Oh, and just nice. talks about how amazing he is in the movie, but it's like he's like horribly sarcastic throughout the whole thing. It's hilarious. I was gonna say, is it like complete irony or like sarcasm? <laughs> it's, it's horribly sarcastic, but it's very funny. You wanna you know? pull like, So you said it's called Space Eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's a shadow. Yeah, that's why I called her name horribly because I've been watching his movies consistently lately, and I was just like, wait, what? You've been watching Steven like, Seagal. Oh, Add it to my channel. What was the one where he's on the on the boat and he's like a chef? That was like one of his first movies. Under, under Siege. There you go. <laughs> Alone? Yeah. No, Steven Seagal. That was Seagal. That was his right? highest grossing movie. That was like his like, biggest hit, I guess. Was that Hell one? yeah. <laughs> and, it start, and it starts off with, oh no, there's one where he's on a, on a, on a train. And then he like he's a, he's just a passenger on a train, but the movie starts with him in the kitchen for some reason, um, showing the, showing these like really good chefs like how to cook. He's just putting something in a microwave, and he's like impressing everyone in the kitchen. And it's just like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> Here's some white fish in the microwave for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blow them all <laughs> I don't yeah. never happened, but there was a video game. Under Siege. It was it all? No, uh, Spy, no it's Spy Hunter for Rock. Spy. Oh, yeah, because I remember the Spike Hunter series. Is that the one with the raccoon, or am I thinking of something else? Sly <laughs> Cooper. Oh, you're thinking of Sly Cooper. Oh, Sly yeah, Cooper. There you go. <laughs> there you go. His cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine the rock is Sly Cooper? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Big ass raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like in a raccoon outfit instead yeah. of like things he just yeah. little black eyes. <laughs> Fucking an eyebrow. Oh, my God. That's really good. But uh, folks, if you guys have any other suggestions for what kind of crazy movies wrestlers should um, be a part of, shout them out when I clip this for social media. Blaine Johnson, Sly Cooper. That'd be so good. <laughs> well, speaking of good, AEW Revolution is next up on our list, our agenda here. Revolution, AEW Revolution 2024, taking place on March 3rd. Uh, which is a week from today as of this recording. Mm. So now we're just going to talk about the card, the buildup, what we think about Sting's last match, how you think it's going to happen, what shenanigans are going to happen, what our thoughts are going into Revolution. So let's talk about some of the matches and title matches that are taking place at AEW Revolution. We got the tag team match. For the tag AW Tag Team Championships between Sting, Darby Allen, and the Young Bucks. Um, and then we have the AEW World Championship. It's a three-way between Samoa Joe, Adam Page, Swerve, Strickland. And then we have Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong for the International Championship. You got Tony Storm versus Deanna Parazzo for the Women's <laughs> World Championship. Hell yeah. Eddie Kingston and one of his 50 belts versus Brian Danielson for the Continental Crown Championship. Hell yeah. You got Christian Cage, which I think is the best heel in AEW right now, versus Daniel Garcia for the TNT Championship. Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs. And I don't, did they announce another person yet? I, I forget. Lance Archer. 
Thank you. And there's the meat madness match is how it's being built, which I hate that. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> but I don't know why it's called. Why are they calling it meat madness? Because meat is like a funny they're thing. big meaty men. No, but I think Tony no. Khan should make sure he sends Biggie a check. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, don't ride on that freaking uh, meme train and yeah, blame the... blame uh, Chicago all out last year when it, when it was uh, Rusev and uh, fucking Hobbs, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, and I think it was this is one of the more recent announcements was Will Ospreay versus Konosuke. Take a shit, or as Cornette used to say, take a shit. Take a shit. Takeshita. Yeah, Takeshita. Thank you. So, where do you guys want to start? Do we want to start with the with the main event and talk about the tag team match, and then just kind of go from there? Yeah, we'll just go top bottom. Yeah, let's do top bottom. So we got. Sting, you got Darby Allen and versus the Young Bucks. Nick and Matt, or I guess I should say Nicholas. There you go, Matthew. Yeah, so I don't get fined apparently if I mispronounce their <laughs> names. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you guys think of the buildup? How 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 do you feel the buildup has been uh in AEW for this match going into Revolution? I think I think it's been good. Um, I, I know there's a lot of people that just generally, because they are the Young Bucks, they just generally hate the fact that this is Sting's opponent or they're Sting's opponent. But, I mean, people have to understand that that Sting most likely had a hand in like choosing who he was going to face. So, I'm guessing this is just more or less what he wanted to do. I think that because it's a tornado tag, right? So, it's a tornado tag. So, it's going to be fucking crazy. There's going to be crazy spots. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, Sting's going to break his neck again, most likely, jumping off some shit. Um, but he's going to go out with a bang. <laughs> he's going to go out guns blazing. So uh, I th- I think the buildup has been good. I, I like that they were wearing the uh, the white suits and they got the blood on them and they're just still wearing them. Like, I like that. Um, Ric Flair was missing, but then they did that little backstage thing so i'm guessing he's gonna have some hand in the decision of this match he's i'm sure he's gonna show up in some capacity maybe he's gonna be a heel and try to screw over sting and then bucks retain or they they win so i don't know is that to say that like we don't see it if that does happen do we see that not being sting's actual last match like they're just setting it up for that and maybe setting I I felt like like I, I think that's some an interesting thing to play around with and in terms of the ending of the match because I feel like just from from looking at where it could potentially go I think that Sting and Darby Allen can retain and then give up the title belts maybe on a dynamite or something and just have them have like a feel good. He he wins his final match instead of the Young Bucks winning. Yeah, because I feel like that would kind of leave a sour taste in people's mouths. Even though that might that's technically the right direction they should be going uh, as EVPs and and this kind of new age Vince McMahon style character these characters that they're portraying. And I thought that the one thing that I thought was weird is their EVPs of AEW. 
but there was this promo i think with darby allen that was uh confronting them and they were like oh are you making it official i'm like you, if you guys are evps in your heels i feel like you could make the match like you can say we are doing this for the tag titles because you're the evps right so i just felt like from a storyline perspective the more logical thing would have been for them to just put themselves in the match as it as, as and make it a championship match instead of like waiting for you know darby allen and, and sting to say that it's going to be for for the tag titles and that was my only gripe but i thought the promo that sting did and that that's such a crappy thing first of all i didn't realize that his dad was still alive um given that sting is in his 60s right his dad must have been like like his dad was like 90 or 100 i don't know what it was but that was a very emotional promo because i was like watching a bunch of clips um for the past couple of days just kind of catching up and and just trying to see what the lay of the land was and that they did a really good job and darby allen's a really good like promo guy he doesn't sound like and i think you guys know what what like a standard like when a promo when a person who isn't the best at like emoting like there's a lot of like uh, there are these mannerisms that just seem like they're a common thing when when wrestlers are doing promos but there are guys like and i can maybe name them on like one hand like cm punk is a very like they just talk naturally it doesn't sound like they're yeah they they have conviction Uh, Darby Allen just has a really good way of of doing promo. He just talks like he's a normal person, and not like it's you know amateur hour at yeah. a local theater. You know. Well, so I think I think that was really good, and that that me as a person who isn't as invested in AEW as uh, you guys on this podcast, I thought was really good, and invested it made me get invested in this match and wanting to see um, Revolution. And I'll talk about Tony Storm, too, because I've been watching her clips, too, and her segments. Like, that, this, the stuff that she's been doing has been really genius in terms of, like, the, the vignettes. And I don't know how much uh, creative input she has in creating these vignettes and, and the production, which I think is really good but it, it, i just question the sometimes just the logic of like when they use the gray filter and when they don't use the gray filter because sometimes it's like okay we're going to do this shot and then it's going to be color and then gray and she gets introduced to she gets introduced with a gray filter and then other times they just remove it and then she's just in color so i i don't know what the logic is for that but Going back to this Darby Allen uh, or the, this tag team match with Sting, Sting's final match, where is Ric Flair going to be involved in this? Where do you guys think he's going to be? Do you think they're going to be like he's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm part of this too now. I'm going to be also in the match or do some kind of weird like um, save at, at the last second, like I don't know, do a figure four, get a chair or something. It's What's going to be a low blow. Like, like if he's going to do something, it's going to be a low blow. I already know it. <laughs> Um, so they'll you, will try to jump off and then just grab them as they always do and just throw them. <laughs> they'll take a huge like <laughs> two deaths in this freaking match because I know Sting's <laughs> gonna go crazy. But Ric Flair, man, like that guy. And good, God love him. Honestly, like I, <laughs> right? I, I can't, I can't say that. I, oh yeah, the, the guy should like just stop doing stuff because like if if you have the passion, the energy for it, like. I feel like if I was in his position, I wouldn't like curl up and die in a nursing home either. Like I'd like to be active 
I think I'd be smarter and just want to be involved in wrestling, just in a non-wrestling capacity. But yeah, I feel like he might get physical. I mean, he's, <laughs> he watched, said, "Yeah, go ahead." He was thirty for thirty, and like it made me understand a lot more about like why he can't let go of the ring. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I mean, he said himself, I was going to say just a segue off of that, which is good. And he said, I'm going to die in this ring. So fuck it. <laughs> you know, just, no, no win. Right. That's crazy. I mean, fuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I, whatever. I, 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 but, I definitely see him getting involved in the match, like taking a bump or, you know, like a low blow would be definitely his old fashioned style doing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe get a nice, like, a nice strut maybe once or twice, you know, I'm sure. But like, I definitely see him getting involved. He's not going to just going to be managing and just standing at all time definitely not i think i think yeah i think he's gonna screw him over i think he's gonna he's gonna do like a face off with sting in the ring and then he's gonna like kick him in the nuts and then the bucks take you know i think that's what's good and i think that's what should happen because then you want the bucks to be fucking hated like nuclear heat you know what i mean i think that's what yeah but but then then there's no closure to for sting because then it's like well i mean he just got screwed over so i feel like you gotta continue Better than being buckle bombed for your last. Yeah. I think maybe they could do it tastefully. I think maybe he could still have like a, a curtain closer. Like, sure, he loses the match, but it's like, you know, it was Darby a fight. Yeah, right. Exactly. Darby takes the pin. I mean, it could go a bunch of ways, but I think for the sake of like, since it is his retirement and they just so happen to have those belts, I guess. Uh, like if maybe if they didn't have the belts, it would have made more sense. But you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's why it's so interesting because you you don't really know what's gonna happen with this shit because it's like it could go either way. And then Ric Flair's that dark horse is just gonna pop up, and who knows what the where the fuck that's gonna go. So it should well, be, let's, should be let's, let's go round table and let's just let's just predict what's gonna happen at the end of this match. What the result is. So I say that. If because they book it as the last match, and I do think Tony Khan wants to give it a proper send off, I feel like they are going to retain, and then he's just gonna retire the belts on Dynamite or whatever show, or at even at the end of the match, he just hands them over to Tony Khan or something. You know, Mm. I think that's what's gonna happen. Um, Chris, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm going to stick to my guns. I think he's going to lose them. I mean, I think the, the Bucks are going to take them and it's going to just generate a lot of heat for them in the in the future. So I think that's where it's going to go. That's fair. What about you, David? I'm, I'm right there with Chris. I think the Bucks will find a way to win. Uh, I think they will go the nuclear way. I think they'll end up probably like super kicking Ric Flair as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like what's minus Kenny, of course, I think the rest of the elite are going to go the superhero route pretty soon. Oh man. Wait, is, is he still recovering from his like fucking Yeah, I feel like he's yeah. still he's gone for a while. He, he got, oh, Kenny. Ken, yeah. yeah. Kenny's going to be gone for a while. I thought you were talking about Flair. I'm like, no, Flair got cleared to take bumps. Uh, I was going to say Kenny though. Like maybe he'd make like a surprise appearance or some shit. <laughs> You're like, no guys, stop. But now that would ruin, that would ruin the sting thing, so that wouldn't happen. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Andres? Yeah, I, I can see um, Sting losing and then you know dropping the titles because, but no matter what, he's still going to have his moment in the ring. He's still going to be celebrated. 
that's the main thing that's going to happen no matter what win or lose but i can i can definitely see him like the bucks losing in a very bad fashion yeah building really good heat so going forward it's like okay and then you know I definitely do think like it's his last match for sure, but like I could maybe Sting, Sting would still be around for like appearances here and there, you know. I can see him still doing that, but yeah, for sure he's gonna. I you know no matter what, win or lose, he's gonna be celebrated regardless. But I I do see him losing. Because if he does win, then yeah, he'll relinquish the belts regardless. Yeah, he's gonna have to. <laughs> That's true, but again, I feel like this is wrestling and i feel like with wrestlers and retirement matches i mean it's like the rolling stones they've had like 50 you know last farewells last fair yeah farewell tours that too. yeah that too yeah the mcrib like thing is similar. <laughs> i mean like, thing is like yeah or like the mcrib like you brought up let's just have that as like the <laughs> the thumbnail for this podcast <laughs> you've been it's a McRib with Sting's face on it. That's going to be the thumbnail. Boom. Same with Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair's the fucking McRib. And then you can be on the Sting other side there. of the McRib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I'd like to think it's Sting's last match. I mean, like, even like Shawn Michaels, right? Like, he, I thought he was actually going to stay retired. And then he had that, you know, here's a bajillion dollars from Saudi Arabia. Let's have this terrible match. Yeah, <laughs> cool. He did say he. So you've seen that check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Money talks and never say never. Literally, like there's nobody that I've never seen like come back or whatever it is. I feel like in wrestling, retirement is more or less kind of a joke, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, about yeah. It. So, yeah. Let's go. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sting had one more thing after this. Yeah, Even Mick sure. Foley's thinking about coming back for one more. Uh, I mean, Mick oh, Foley, man. that's another guy. He's like, share the rolling stones they got like another farewell tour um yeah i it's it is what it is but i i think going into it treating it as this is last match i think it's gonna be a really really good one barn burner Uh, baby barn burner do you think it's gonna do you think it's gonna be the main event yeah Uh, yeah Mm mm-hmm i think it will i mean like that they feel like they've been billing it as just the sting pay-per-view basically uh the next one is the aw world championship this is between samoa joe adam page and swerve strickland i also saw their promos on this too samoa joe man i feel like he just deserves to retain the title he's he's also another one who's really good on the mic his he's just like a no frills it, uh, he isn't the kind of people who, who sounds like amateur hour at a theater. He just sounds like a guy who like wants to kick the other guy's ass and it just sounds natural coming from him. Um, Swerve Strickland is popular, but I don't know if they would get the strap off Joe this soon because he just got it at World's End. So what do you guys think about the results for this one? Where do you think it's going? Joe I see Joe retaining. Yeah. Retaining, but I think Swerve is definitely going to stay in the main event picture going forward, and then his time will come for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm. I was going to say I, I was writing down notes earlier, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, uh, I think I think Swerve might pick it up. To be honest, I feel like, um, like they because they want to capitalize on his popularity, that might give him a run and see where it goes, perhaps. But you know, Adam Page, you know, he's the other guy in this match um who was already champion but it, I would, but adam page and uh 
Swerve have had their nice little feud. So um, I, th- I think Swerve is going to pick it up. I think. But eh, you never know. Do you feel like the popularity of Swerve is is going up? Do you feel like it's leveled out? How do you feel the audience and I mean even yourselves, how do you feel Swerve is being portrayed right now as as a top guy? I think they could do better. I it, you might be right like just kind of thinking about it again. Like he, I feel like he's on the cusp of it. Maybe, maybe now isn't like the the appropriate time because I think he just needs to have that extra thing. Like he had the Texas Death Match, which was fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, I think maybe he needs a little bit more time in the oven, you know, as far as like his popularity. So I, I guess I'll I'll change my mind. Actually, I'll I'll, I'll probably say Samoa Joe retains. Yeah. Hangman needs the pin. Yeah, I think Hangman should eat it. I, I, I feel like I'm hot and cold with Hangman Adam Page when it comes to his character. Yeah, uh, like, I, for me, I, like, I can't really, like, get too attached to Hangman because it's just, like, the punk stuff, all the elite stuff. Like, for to me, he's just, like, he's like, uh, it's like the member of every band that you don't remember. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like... Like he he's good because he's in the band, but like he's the basis. Like yeah, you you put him you put him against Kenny. It's like <laughs> Kenny should be kicking his ass. I also feel like he just needs at least when it comes to you know backstage antics and stuff. I feel like there's some maturity that he still has to go through. Yeah, like, like I feel I, like his perspective is still too, I don't know, childish. But yeah, he's like all that, all that melodrama and shit. It's like, how are you a cowboy and you're over here fighting depression, being a millennial, and all that funny shit that he always has, <laughs> that he allegedly deals with. Like, yeah. like I don't like. Uh, for me, it's like it, it doesn't make me want to relate to anything. Where like Swerve, he's cool. He's going, you know, he's showing up at sporting events. He's doing all that other stuff. Samoa Joe is self-explanatory. It's like, uh, to me, Hangman lacks an aura. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like with Swerve and yeah. Samoa Joe. I mean, Samoa Joe's a little more in your face, but with Swerve, it feels like he's the kind of guy. It's like, like you know, you have it, so you're not just kind of being like the that little Chihuahua yeah. that's trying to be super loud and like I'm tough as hell. And, and he's kind of like, got like that LA Knight. Where yeah. he's just kind of just sitting around, but it's just, it's probably for the better. Right. It's like speaking softly and carrying a big, big stick. Like, you know that you're the shit, but you don't, you're, you give off the energy of like, like, you know, you are, but you're not like overcompensating or anything, you know, yeah. like, you know, you're good. Mm. And I think, I think good champions have that quality in them. And then Logan Paul does all of Hangman's moves better than Hangman. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's another one. Like, we'll get to Logan Paul later, but man, sorry, hey, man. I, 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 I don't know, Logan Paul, man. Like, the, this guy is like. I mean, I feel like initially I was hesitant, but he is like a natural when it comes to just being a wrestler and, and a heel. Like, he just understands his his role. Um, but yeah, let's let's AW World Championship. I think we're all kind of on the page of Samoa Joe retaining. Yeah, we're not on the page actually. Yeah. Well, we're not on Adam Page. Not on the but... actual page, no. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, let's go. Let's go to the other championship matches and, 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 and matches that we have. We've got Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong for the international championship. So Roderick Strong is part of the Undisputed Kingdom. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He feels like a second fiddle when it comes to like it felt like I, I, maybe I'm looking at it this this way, but it feels like other people are talking kind of like for him, and then he's in this match. Like he doesn't for me feel like. I don't know, a, a, a main event guy or like in that kind of championship caliber. You know what I mean? At least based on the promo that I saw, it felt like people were talking for him. You know, he seems um, like a background character. He's kind of put himself in a funny spot with that on yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Because like he's a goofball, but like he is a really good wrestler. I think I think this is the reset here. I think honestly, yeah. I, I I was writing stuff down and I essentially said that he needs this win. He needs to take Kick the belt. his ass, Roddy. Yeah, like he needs he needs the belt <laughs> off of him because oh, Orange Cassidy already had this fucking belt since its inception. So like fucking, fucking boring, dropped that shit. Lost it, didn't he? Well, he did, but then he retained it like immediately because of injury because Moxley got yeah. injured or some shit, and now he's Mox got dropped on his head. So he's been having it ever since. So I mean, he can plumber. Definitely, if yeah, right, plumber Moxley. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I think I think he needs this this win for sure. And just to make, because if if you're gonna do the undisputed kingdom thing, and you're trying to make them a big deal on some level, you're gonna start need like some belts, some gold. You need to, you need to start you know swinging your dick around or whatever. So like he needs his this belt to be honest. And that's my next question. It. What do you guys think of the Undisputed Kingdom as a faction and what they've been doing? I think it's mild right now. I think I think there's a lot of potentials. That's why mid. Yeah, mid mid. Yeah, the mid kingdom, maybe. But I think it's just it just needs more time. It, it needs better direction. Like it could be potentially good because of the whole devil shit. Like yeah. if you're if you're already made your bed, then you, you know, sleep in it and make sense of it. So. I think I mean, they should also, have been winning. It doesn't help that Adam Cole also still injured, so it's like you have your lead guy, but he's just kind of yeah uh, injured. Yeah, their foundation <laughs> kind of sucked because it's just like they, it all happened at once. It's like they won the ROH tag titles, they didn't unmask, uh, and then at the, by the end of that pay per view, we were finding out who the devil was when it's like uh, Mike Bennett and the other. Matt Tavern have been the tag team forever. They could have been winning. Roddy could have been winning instead of walking around with a neck brace yelling at him. You know? <laughs> right. Like, like, uh, like Roderick Strong anywhere else was like just this badass dude that could that could out wrestle anybody. And then they kind of made him into this joke character because Joe put him in a muscle buster and fucked up his neck. And it's like we've heard that story before. Yep. And. And I, I like, like all, all those, all those skits and vignettes were cool. Where it's like they're all v visiting Adam and stuff, but it's like, it kind of it is like it was like some real teenage shit. Mm -hmm. Overstate its welcome. Like yeah. it was like okay, we get it. Like it, it was still going on for a little too long. Like because Tony Khan claps like this when he hears Roderick Strong yell at him. Seal, seal. <laughs> uh, so, oh <laughs> Sorry, Tony. Yeah, I think there was. I guess that this is another question I want to ask, and I didn't know where to insert this because now that we're on the topic of factions, 
Well, what do you think of like the bang bang scissor gang thing? Because this feels to me get rid of them. That's what that's that that was what I'm trying to that was what I'm saying because I felt like because I, I just started watching like a bunch of clips promos and like, all that kind of stuff about like how this came together. You got Bullet Club Gold and then you got the acclaimed. And then why are they why are they together exactly? Like why do they put them together? And is the in, kingdom beat them up? Yeah, okay. There's a commonality, I guess. And it, a lot of people are saying that it seems obvious that they're going to turn on each other and yeah. feud with each other. They needed to sell well, yeah. some shirts. But can you imagine just being in public and wearing a Bang Bang Scissor Gang shirt? <laughs> can you imagine just walking around the grocery store with that shit on? I'm like, what the fuck, bro? I can explain. <laughs> I mean, that Val Venus shirt, David, that you, you shared, like, can uh, you imagine wearing that at a grocery store? <laughs> I'm looking on eBay to find one. Man, it's got the font of jizz, and you're just like going to pick up, you know, some apples and a frozen pizza. That's gonna be in my yeah. permanent gym shirt. Yeah. Cut the sleeves. Did you find it or no? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you find the shirt? Did you find uh, that Valvina shirt? Yeah. Not at a reasonable price. Probably like a hundred dollars. No. Yeah. Because you know they're not reprinting that one on WWEshop.com. Do it for the <laughs> meme. Spend the money for the meme. Uh, just wear that in gray sweats every time. Wear yeah. <laughs> some hoochie daddies. Hoochie daddy shorts. Hell yeah. Can't nice. even do my ab workout because my shit's going to fall out. Yeah, I feel I feel like they they just brought them together to sell some shirts. But again, who's buying the fucking shirt is what I'm saying. Oh, man, do you think it's going to last long? It seems like the crowd really likes them, though. Yeah. I'm ready like, for it to be over. I like, do you feel like the scissor gang's going to end soon, or do you feel like they're going to keep milking this thing? It should end. And poor Jay White, man. I feel like... That's exactly why it should end. Yeah. Like, feel, like he, doesn't, he doesn't seem like... He doesn't... The aura doesn't fit the... Like, he's not a funny guy. Like he's yeah, like, he's not a funny guy. Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Why are you putting he's him in... New Japan's like, only Grand Slam champion, and he's over here fucking... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, right? Straight up. Like, like, that doesn't make any sense. But then, that, that's the other thing. Like, you got guys like Will Ospreay and all these guys... Um, Okada, like, yeah, like if they see this, are they like, yeah, I want to go here because I'm they more might throw me into like the fucking scissor gang with a hundred belts on, on the roster? But I don't know. I, I think, I think just for me, like, just looking at it, I feel like they have to just split them up. And I, my, my critique of too many belts still stands. I feel like there are way too many belts and don't have R Ring of Honor belts. DNA because again it just dilutes everything and I, I don't give a shit what your championship you're fighting for if you have like 10 other ones you know right right so okay let's go to Tony Storm versus Deanna Perazzo now Tony Storm I was saying earlier she is having the ride of her life and the best uh, in her career right now I think she's she's doing really well I Deanna Perazzo like I, I didn't know too much about her before I started doing more research and I saw, I, I really enjoy the Hey EW interviews because you're allowed to see different sides of these people and they ask them questions, but it's just good to see them interact in, in a more long form um, interview, even if it's like funny. Um, and Deanna Parazzo com comes across as really likable. 
and I thought she she seems like a good person for Tony Storm, who I think will retain and then feud with Mercedes when she comes. I think that'll be a really good feud if that happens. Uh, I saw the the match that uh, Deanna Perazzo had on Dynamite versus um, that's not Mariah May. Um, geez, I forgot her name. But it thanks, wasn't, Tony. That's how good you're doing. It was, Red Velvet. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't Red Velvet. It was like a really bad match on Dynamite. Uh, yeah, the girl got dropped on her freaking noggin. Yeah, she got dropped in her dome, but apparently she was also like a trainer too. Like, that's pretty crazy. I don't know what was happening there because she was not selling anything and she seemed very gassed. Uh, Parazzo <laughs> or, or the... No, 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 not Deanna Parazzo. Madison Rain, that's who it was, I think. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't do. She didn't do well. She was. She, she's. She was like gassed and like she was basically like half selling it. And then yeah, when she did the DDT, she like dropped on her dome and <laughs> it didn't. It did not look good. Yeah. But I mean, I guess people have you know bad days. But what do you guys think about the Tony Storm Diana Parazzo championship match? Do you feel like Tony Storm's going to retain? Where does Diana go from here? I think Diana picks it up, and I think Mercedes comes in as a heel. I think that's really? where that goes. Uh huh. I mean, like, like you, she won't come off as a heel. I think first Mercedes, but I think I could see that happening. I, but like, if you're gonna bring in Diana Ferrazzo, make it a big deal, then put the belt on her because I think Tony's had it for a minute and a couple like times it's for a little bit, but it's not that long because her this character started last year, right? I mean, it's a pretty long time. I mean, not everybody has to be Roman Reigns, you know what I'm saying? That's true. But I feel like there's a lot you can do with her character still. Yeah. So I feel like she's going to retain. Um, and I feel like Mercedes is going to come back as a face because you can't have this, like, comeback and then just be a, a healing me. I mean, I guess you could. Well, she could but... be, like, the, the pompous, like, I'm better than you, I make a lot of money shit. You know, like, she could definitely go that route. You know what I mean? And people could still be behind it, like, and look at any heel that, that does her thing. But I think she can she can be that, like, my shit don't stink kind of a person. Well, um, I guess in terms of main event caliber heels in AEW for the women's side, do you feel like, how many are there do you, besides Tony Storm? Who else do you feel like can fit that? Mariah May, then they're babying fucking, uh, what's her name, Soraya. So, and then, I mean, Soraya and... Uh, uh, What's her fucking Ruby? name? Ruby Soho. Yeah. I mean, she like slapped her or something. So I don't know where that's going, but yeah, not too many heels. Yeah. They kind of just really all revolved. A lot of it or all of it really for the first two years really revolved around just Britt Baker being a heel with Jamie Hader and Rebel around her. Right, right, right. And anybody else that came up was just, you know, super face, like anybody that beat, like it was just, a long heel reign. And you, you felt From like what I remember. It's welcome. Uh yeah. I mean, I could so see Tony Storm. Tony Storm has been champion only for ninety-five days. She got her title at, in November, so I don't think that's that long at all. Was it third reign? Second reign? Mm, either a second or third. She's a three-time AEW Women's Champion. Uh, I see her retaining though too. Like I, I kind of agree with you, Marston. Like Mercedes showing up. Being a heel though, well, Tony's what? Tony's the, the heel now, right? Yeah, well, Tony Storm is a heel. Yeah, really yeah. entertaining oh. too. 
Yeah, I know. She, yeah, I've seen a little bit of her promos. I do like it. But yeah, I do, I do like a little touch too that you were mentioning that they like prefer the promotional posters. They always just they put the black and white filter over her too. And then they like give her red lipstick. I'm like, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like that actually. At first, I wasn't into it. To be honest, at first, I wasn't a big fan of it. I just wasn't um, sure where it was but going, but I feel like it just gets yeah. more unhinged. Um, and I like I like that. I like her vignette that she's done. Um, the black and white when you turn heel was actually done by Sandman first. Really? Yeah. When he first oh, wow. turned heel, his first couple his matches until he started drinking beer and smoking cigs on the way to the ring. Not in WWE. They're, they're done in black and white. And oh, oh, black and white. Oh. That's why in those like creator rent entrance, I mean, they had the black and white filter over that. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, I feel like I think Tony Storm's going to retain, and I think she's going to start a feud with Mercedes, just because it feels like you need. And but I guess the other thing is like Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. I don't know where all these other women are going to be involved. Are they involved in this title picture? Do they get thrown into another feud? I don't know. Because Thunder Rosa, I feel like, needs something, too. Yeah. She just started throwing up the nation. <laughs> <laughs> she did. I feel like people were just reading too much into it. but Well, that's LFI, too. That's uh, Roosh's little thing. Oh, yeah. True. I like people reading into The Rock with the L, and they thought he was joining the Bang Bang Scissors game. He is. <laughs> Guns up. Two words Probably. for you. That's, that's their forbidden door pay per view. Welcome to the one uh, Japanese female wrestler. She's been off the, uh, TV for a while now, right? Uh, Riho? Hikaru Shida? Yeah. Oh. Hikaru Shida. Rino, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, Shida was a good case when, when AEW's women's division started. So I take that back. There was one good face. I feel like Hikaru Shida. So Riho was the first ever women's champion for AEW. And Riho, right? yeah. Hikaru Shida felt she's had one, she's two, three. three. Yeah, she's had three title reigns. Her last one was really short, though. I think it was like not even a month, maybe. Araya only had it for 44. But Hikaru actually did have it shorter. She had it for 25 days, which is pretty oh. Um. But her, I think her first run, she actually had it for a year and some change. And maybe that's because of the pandemic and all that stuff. So they were just like, let's let's let, let you have it. And then Britt Baker basically had the second longest reign so far. Yeah, Hikaru had the longest. And then Britt Baker had it from 2021 May to 2022 March 16. So that's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with them. What, so it's been about a month and some change. Well, I guess it's been about a month with the rankings. Do you guys feel like it's making sense where they're going with these rankings, like how they determine these matches, or do you feel like it's still... I think it's falling off already. Yeah. I feel like it's falling off. Yeah. <laughs> Just based on looking at, like, okay, so this is how many wins, but what, what counts? Like, do TV, like, uh, uh, Rampage, I mean, I guess Rampage Collision and and Dynamite matches count um yeah i don't know it, it for me it's still confusing uh, like i mean like i think when they initially made the announcement <clears throat> you had the announcers making some effort of like oh if he wins this it's gonna mean this this and that um 
but it means plus 400 if he wins this it's plus 100 it's like tekken right exactly frame data wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like rank points um, i haven't really seen too much of that that is interesting though kind of like so it's like what like the actual game now they put their stats of like ratings and stuff and like yeah well overall like numbers win loss record specifically like that's what they were trying to focus on i think it still needs more time i think it's still too early to see where it's truly going like the macro picture i think you need to get to at least like all in all out and see if this shit even worked or not to make yeah. sense of it i think again it's still like the turning point so they got her their new writer and they're doing revolution and all these things so we'll see we'll see i think it's too early to tell fair so let's let's just let's go let's uh, keep going down the list here eddie kingston versus brian Dan brian danielson for the continental crown championship so the continental crown championship if we are we're trying to like rank this title like where does this thing land is it like a mid-tier title is it like an intercontinental like their international I championship i don't know where i feel that man but i think they're pushing it to be like the the old intercontinental title i still feel like there's like this is just like another like you don't need these many this many belts like why do you need this one you have a tnt championship you have an international championship you know i just feel like that that's too many well, right. what do you guys? Well, what yeah. do you guys think about this match? <laughs> I think Brian needs some gold. Has he had gold? No, I don't think he should be Eddie Kingston for it though. No, why not? Uh, he talks too much. Like, I feel like uh, a lot, a lot of his Eddie Kingston slander has a little too much weight to for Kingston to go out there and lose. I haven't heard his sure. promo recently. Oh, he's always calling him a bum. Oh, okay. And all that, like... So if like, he loses, uh, he's indeed a bum? Yeah, he, yeah, like, I get it, I get it, Eddie. You, you don't mind being the king of the bums, but you're right. not a bum, dog. Right. <laughs> king of the line codes? I just want to see, I just want to <laughs> see Brian with a belt. That's all. That's my personal bias. Yeah. Still rocking the eye patch? I didn't see that. No, he's not. No, okay. But I, I think it'll be a good match. But yes, I'd like to see Brian getting a, a belt. But again, it, it just for me, it just boils down to too many belts. I don't care if he wins. There you go. He should get a Ring of Honor belt. Yeah, exactly. But then he's still appearing on AEW with Ring of Honor. Again, too many. <laughs> too many. Um, okay. This one, I think we can talk a little bit more about. Christian Cage versus Daniel Garcia for the TNT Championship. So... My so I from the clips and things that I've seen, so Daniel Garcia faced Edge. Edge Ooh. or Copeland, mm. geez. Sorry, I slipped Cope. My tongue. Cope. Cope. Copeland. Copium. He lost, or did he just get jumped by Christian Cage and, and that family? And then basically lost by default. Is he actually injured, by the way? They were saying he's on the shelf. Is it or is that uh is that, that a scene? I think I I made a prediction of uh he was gonna do some kind of a surprise during the match and low blow Christian or something and cost him the match or cost him the belt like he cost Edge the match. Edge fucking a Adam. <laughs> hey, if you're called Edge for like twenty years, it's hard to you know right. get rid yeah, of Yeah, no, I 
Yeah. But this this is this is really good. I, honestly, like I I feel like Christian Cage needs the AEW world title because I feel like from what I'm seeing, he's like the best thing going in AEW still. Like some people might think it's a little tiring with him talking about like people's dads and <laughs> and dying like that. <laughs> and he was like in his promo talking about like your oh, alcoholic your father. Yeah, like he's like, I know your dad. Is he at this address or whatever? And it was a graveyard. <laughs> up on Twitter, it was like the plot for like where his dad was buried, basically. So, and that's crazy. I think for me, it does get a little complicated too with like all these other people that he's kind of involving. Like, why is Luchasaurus or whatever he's called Dino Man or he'll know, switch? Why, he'll switch. Yeah, why is he why is he with Christian Cage? I mean, and then he's, he's got like this wife with like this 18-year-old kid now. That's I guess like that's the father figure, so I guess child, yeah, mother. Yeah, I'm assuming that's where that which is kind of funny. And the beast. They got a beast, a mindless beast. Their pet their pet dinosaur. Right. Yeah, I don't know why that that's that thing sticks out to me for like a sore thumb personally, but I I guess it's kind of funny just seeing them all stand together in the ring. <laughs> But yeah, Christian Cage versus um, Daniel Garcia. I still, I feel like Daniel Garcia, he's okay, but I feel like all he's got is that hip thrust thing going for him. Like, I don't, I'm not intrigued by him as a person when it comes to like his promos and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Was it, a, that was a good promo. I think, I think he's finding his, his like groove with, with this whole thing. And I think Christian really like elevated him saying those things before you shit on him. Cause he like, you know, said he's a good wrestler, blah, 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 blah. Um, that was a good reaction. He had good emotion when he was doing his side of his, the promo. So, um, uh, I think, I think, and him, him being one of those AW originals, right. Um, I think, I think he's doing well. I think this is his turning point. So a win with that bell would do him a, a pretty good, do you feel like we are going to get a rematch between Christian and Adam for the title again? Or do you feel like it's going to go in a different direction? I think it's going to be without. Without it? Because maybe Dan Garcia wins the belt. And like you said, Adam Copeland shows up, interferes, costs him the title. And then yeah. Garcia can go on to feud with somebody else. And then Adam Copeland and Christian can be doing something in a non-title capacity. Because... To be fair, neither of them really need the title. They are who who they are. Like they are respected. Everyone knows who Christian and Edge are and were. So E and C. Yeah, E and C, exactly. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But uh I'm I'm looking forward to that one too, personally. All right, let's oh. jump back in to the next match. Uh Warlow versus Power Powerhouse. Hobbs versus I just forgot Archer Lance Archer <laughs> Lance Archer thank you in the meat madness match <laughs> now we talked a little bit about the term meat madness which I think is a, a term that belongs to Big E and Tony Khan should probably send him a check for that um, but what do you guys think about this this set up between these three guys does this feel are you guys excited by this match do you feel like this there's any build-up or reason for this triple threat to happen or do you feel like it's kind of like a card filler it's definitely a card filler i would imagine 
but it's a very entertaining card filler because that's true. right. I mean, uh, all that slapping a meat. Yeah, Lance Archer. I mean, he's he's a he can fly that big fucking guy. Uh, he's a big dude. I mean, it's kind of like when they kept doing like Ivar versus um, various members of the, of the uh, the, or the, is the the academy. I don't know why. Also I'm, academy. I'm, thank you. Um, like they kept doing that. But that shit was still entertaining, you know. And they could put on a good match. So I feel like you don't it doesn't have to all be, you know. You can always have a match like that to just kind of hype up the crowd. And I think it's really good. Yeah, it's and gonna be the guys, meme one. Did you guys see? Wardlow's promo from the past week or so. I think it was yeah. the past week. Uh-huh. What did you guys think about his his promo? I think that was the best work he's done as a professional wrestler. Right. And it's also crazy he never got a championship opportunity. Is that true? He was a TNT champ. Yeah, he was I TNT thought. championship. Mm-hmm. Or for the main belt, I guess. I don't think he ever got an opportunity. Did he get hurt? Like, why did he stop showing up? Yeah, I think he got hurt. It was like a shoulder thing or something like that. Too many whisper in the winds? Yeah. I feel like if anything was going to happen out of that faction, Undisputed Kingdom or whatever they call themselves, I think that Wardlow seems like the guy who would like turn on turn on the group because he it he feels like a pushover to me like he's got the muscles and he does the stuff but it's i'm also getting a similar vibe to like how christian cage kind of treated luchasaurus or kill switch or whatever he's called right now where he's like the big tough guy doing all the damage getting the belt and then getting none of the credit really or, or acknowledgement from his from their tribal chiefs their their uh leaders of their faction so i feel like that's kind of where where that storyline is headed but again good good card filler match this should be entertaining and then they announced will osprey versus konosuke uh Takeshita. there you go thank you <laughs> whereas jim Burnett used to say take a shitta but what do you guys think about this will osprey konosuke Takeshita match i mean it should be a good match overall uh-huh. Yeah, it should be a really good match. Bad Boys are saying it's going to be the match of the night, and it might be from pure, from pure uh, wrestling skill. I think it will be, but yeah, is this going to be Will Osprey's first match officially under like AEW as part of the roster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to lose. You guys think they'd make him lose on his first match? Mm, Maybe screwy. Yeah, maybe like a screwy, not a clean pin kind of a thing. Takeshita's really good, too. I think he's got a lot of talent. That's true. And how do you feel like they've done with, with him in terms of build? They, they built him up to be this kind of like bruiser kind of a dude, for sure. Like he's this kind of like cerebral assassin, for lack of a better word. Um, But yeah, yeah, take shit. I think he, uh, I think he needs to break away from Don Callis. I think it's it's about time for that to happen. So yeah, he's not a good oddity. Yeah. Do you feel like this Don Callis group is going to last lo- any longer? Probably not. Or do you feel like it's going to keep going? I think it needs to go. I mean, I think Don Callis can be in some different like. Was it Will Osprey? 
part of the Don Callis family last time he was in AEW? Uh, I think he was. Actually. So, like, there goes my head-scratching booking <laughs> decision. Yeah. Is he oddity or is he not? <laughs> he's an he's an oddity. He's an oddity. But I think this match is going to be really good. I don't know if it'll open. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle of the card. Um, but this definitely will be good. So I think that's the end of the AW Revolution conversation. So it takes place on March third at Greensboro, North Carolina, which I think was also Sting's first match in that arena. I think that's why they picked this one as his last. Oh. Um, it's a big WCW NWA territory. Yeah. So that should be really good. I guess, Chris, you're hosting Revolution. We could be doing some live reacts. Hell yeah. Should be fun. Sunday, not Saturday, right? Yeah, it's a uh, Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Get some crispy burnt Pizza Hut again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Nice and cold, lukewarm. It wasn't even like I chipped. It my wasn't tooth. even lukewarm, really. It was like they let it sit out for like a day, and then they just and then the driver came. <laughs> they let it sit out for a day, and then threw it in the oven, and then let it sit out for another day, and then they delivered it to us. Yeah. But next time, if we do Pizza Hut, because I I have those nostalgia goggles on with like Pizza Hut and just like enjoying the taste of Pizza Hut. And when I got it, I was like, my childhood is ruined. What is this piece of cardboard? You're like, pizza what? Well, I think the issue, at least for us, was we also picked like their non-traditional pizza. Like I picked like the, they don't do thin crust. Like their traditional is like pan pizza stuff. So I think if we do end up ordering Pizza Hut again, it should just, we should just stick with what they are normally good with. Old faithful. Good old faithful. So let's let's uh, wrap up AEW Revolution. Let's jump into the Elimination Chamber, which just took place, um, and it was it was pretty much what we expected in terms of the uh, the results of the matches. the The best Elimination Chamber that I thought was the women's. Tiffany Stratton, man, she was really really good, and I don't watch a lot of NXT, but. You know, watching her on SmackDown and watching her in this match, she is really good. Like, she's not just some pretty blondes who, you know, they just threw together and have her attempt to wrestle. Like, she's really, she's, no, she's got it. Time. I'll say she's got yeah. an X Factor. Tiffy her. time. She did Tiffy the watch time. check, too. It's going to be a CM Punk fucking match. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's going to be like, <laughs> they're going to like try and involve clobber in time and it's some clobber in time or Tiffy time. Right. Exactly. It's gonna be like the battle of the the slogans. But Australia was really into Tiffany Stratton in that match. And I'm sure. given uh, I'll give credit to Liv uh Morgan when she pinned her because they were booing the shit out of her when <laughs> Tiffany Stratton got pinned, but she was like, Yeah, pinned her ass. So good on her to go a little little bit heelish. But like if the crowd are reacting like that, I would I would do the same thing. Um, but she did that crazy swanton dive off the top of the pod, which was really cool. And I think there was, uh, after the match, uh, Raquel Rodriguez, and I think Triple H said Gonzalez during the press conference for whatever That was reason. her, ex- that's, that's that was her NXT name. name. I think it's her actual name, too. 
Um, yeah, she 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 actually had like an infection or something because I was like, oh, she's coming in with like no makeup or whatever. But she she was actually she had like a like a uh, uh, an infection on like her skin. It was like super red. So good on her to just kind of, I guess, trudge through. But she also did really well. Um, but with the Women's Elimination Chamber match, we got what we expected, which was Becky Lynch winning. And she will face the winner of the Women's uh, Championship match, which took place at, at, at the main event of um, the Australia show. Aussie, Aussie, guys... Aussie. Yeah, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. They were also really good. And apparently, and again, this is an issue with stadiums and the way that they are the belt belt when there are ones without a ceiling it doesn't sound like they were still super loud but i felt like it didn't capture what everyone else in that stadium heard in person through the television and a lot of people are saying like it was super loud for raya ripley and for all these matches but i think it's just the acoustics being an open air stadium all that mm -hmm. sound just kind of yeah. goes out you know so no, it sucks true. but you know they're obviously going to stick to stadiums because you make a lot of money and people will they have like fifty-two thousand. i mean it's a b pay-per-view on the road to wrestlemania and you sold over fifty-two thousand tickets in australia that's pretty great i gotta say without the rock without the rock exactly and they were chanting rocky sucks during mm -hmm. um the the segment with uh seth rollins and cody rhodes so they definitely did the right decision making the rock heel i thought that was that was really good so what did what did you, you guys i know some of you caught glimpses of it did you guys have any additional thoughts on the women's elimination chamber match do you think becky lynch is the right person to go to wrestlemania to fight for the title or did you want someone else from that chamber to win? I think it should have been Liv, but um, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Liv kind of got written off because of Rhea Ripley, so I thought they would go that route. But then, like, uh, I think Becky Lynch is getting closer to the end than we realize. In terms of her career? Uh, as, in terms of being a full-timer. Yeah, I agree. And Roman Reigns has been doing that for, like, what, two, three years? Yeah. <laughs> Which is hey, crazy. He, was there, I, he was there in the Thunderdome when it was Thunderdome time. He was there. He was there. I mean, yeah. I feel like for me again, it just this is how fast time flies. Because I still treat him as like a newer person, but he's been around for over a decade plus. Think about how many manias we've watched him in. Now. Exactly. That's the other crazy. How many yeah. Brock Lesnar, <laughs> Roman Reign main events? I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did it. Like, I feel like all the WrestleMania, like 30 <laughs> and up, like all those seem like a blur to me. Like I remember 31 and then all the other ones kind of blend together for me until um, 38. So, but I think Becky Lynch was the right person to win. And I do think when it comes to uh, the men's WrestleMania match uh, with Seth Rollins and then her, I don't think Becky Lynch is going to win. And I also think Seth Rollins is going to lose. And they might take some time off to recover, spend time with their kids. And I think well-deserved because Seth Rollins nursing an injury and getting cleared in like a week or so, he said, um, you can do your match, but yeah. I think you, you still need more time to recover and just work on it. You shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff personally, but you know, good on him for doing that and it was a really good women's elimination chamber match 
Um, we also, I forgot to mention, I guess in the opening, uh, the, the pre pre show, we had the Kabuki warriors who retained the women's tag team championships against, uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, who I think is an Australian native. Yep. So yep. that was actually a really good match too. Um, Candice LeRae has been having kind of like hit and miss matches, uh, when it comes to like television tag matches, but I thought they, they both did really well for this one. Um, I don't know where the Kabuki Warriors go from here. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Where, I don't know where they go at WrestleMania. Perhaps it'll be like a fatal four-way like tag team match, and you'll have three other tag teams face them at WrestleMania. That's what I. That's what I see. Holla holla. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Did you guys catch the Judgment Day versus Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate? That for me was the match of the night the women's have the best chamber match but i thought the tag team match was the best match of the night and if you guys didn't catch it pete man i like i i've been sleeping on um pete dunn and tyler Bate too because they can really work and they do a lot of more technical stuff and i mean honestly and flipping stuff also he needs knee pads because he's gonna fuck up his knees if he's <laughs> doing that kind of shit with just his tims or whatever and, and no knee pads but um yeah like just just the way they go about like they understand how to move in the ring like it just seems so smooth the submission moves um where they work the fingers and and um and i was gonna say pretty fit strong finley. style <laughs> fit finley yeah it, finn balor was really selling you know the the attacks on his on his fingers and I honestly thought that maybe they they would win the title belts just because I thought they were doing such a really good good job um, in the match, but they lost. Judgment Day retained um, with a little help from Dominic Mysterio and folks around the ring. Um, did you guys catch David? Did you see that tag match? Yeah. What did you think? I liked it. Um, like going back to. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, it's like we've missed a lot of their a lot of their career under the WWE umbrella because they're kind of stuck in NXT UK for a long time. Right. And uh I and I didn't watch that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that Pete Dunne I, I wouldn't say like he lost a lot of weight or like aura from being Butch. But I, I think that it I think in long term that was a funny way to bring him in. Like the guy that he is now is is a better representation of him than Butch ever was. Yep. What do you think of the newer or the new name of their group? I forgot. Is, is it Catch Wrestling? The Catch Academy? Republic. Catch Republic. There you go. It seemed for me initially, it, it sounded like uh, like a clothing line, and I think maybe Corey Graves or someone said that before. Banana Republic. Yeah, it's like Banana Republic or uh, American Eagle or something. Simon Catch Miller's Republic. been saying they're from Star Wars since they have the Republic in their name. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool. It's name. a play on, a, I guess, an old group they're a part of, which I unfortunately know nothing about. And I mean, it's also kind of uh, ties into like the old school pro wrestling, like catch wrestling. Yeah, the um, terminology that used. Yeah. So I think I, I I really hope they do eventually win the title belts. I don't know who the Judgment Day is going to face at WrestleMania. Awesome 
I think that might be a possibility. Maybe they'll also get like a fatal four-way or triple threat, you know, a bunch of tag teams. Just do tornado tag. Just go insane and just let them, you know, go at it. And hopefully, I mean, Judgment Day, I don't know if they'll retain at WrestleMania. I think they're going to lose. I think it's Awesome Truth or, you know, Catch Republic. Awesome Truth is going to get a bigger pop than Cody. You think so? They might. I feel like I feel like they will get a big pop. I don't know about bigger than Cody Rhodes, but uh, I don't know. Give our truth, man. Our truth deserves his flowers. He's definitely a Hall of Famer, <clears throat> and <laughs> he was the biggest the, return of Survivor Series. The biggest return. I mean, also just the way that he just kind of seamlessly blends into like if he gets kicked out of Judgment Day. <laughs> I forgot. About, I guess DIY is also there. Maybe maybe there. You know, maybe DIY is going to win the belts. But <laughs> DX. He said, DX, "I can't yeah. believe I got saved by DX." <laughs> like like they like they they got what they wanted out of <laughs> Judgment Day. And then they're just like, okay, let's do like a DX thing. And maybe the, in the creative writing thing, they're like, you know what? Let's just make them like pretend these, they're all these like sp- uh, these factions from the 90s and just have them keep trying to be in all these factions that used to exist. NWO. Um, next time you see the yeah, Rock, he's going to Nation. He's going to do Nation of Domination. See, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see our truth interact with the Rock, like a heel Rock, and then our truth just still be like that clueless person. Like you said, he showed up. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that. Showed up, media clip. showed up in Austria. He's like, all right, I'm here, guys. Uh, there's nobody here. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that shit. <laughs> you said Austria? Yeah, because yeah, he thought that's what they meant instead of Australia. Australia. That's funny. The cerebral so, assassin Triple H, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he, he deserves another, another <laughs> Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> the Gilbert version. Gotta get on that dick shirt. Selling like hotcakes. Live, laugh, love. Just Live, laugh, love, and a dick shirt. I'm curious what they would do with like NWO <laughs> with our truth. If, if oh, they hell no. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Feel better than NWO 2000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like, the silver. Bret Hart. Jeff oh, Jarrett. <laughs> there was like, there were like 30 people in NWO at one point. Like everyone yeah. had a freaking NWO shirt. Um, it was like the red and black, and then Wolf NWO combined. Yeah, NWO gold. So they there was a segment. So basically, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins didn't have a match at Elimination Chamber, but they still showed up at the at the at the PLE. They had a segment on the Grayson Waller effect because I'm sure they wanted to get Grayson uh, in front of the Australian crowd in some form or fashion. Austin Theory was there for some reason. I don't think he was necessary, but I guess because he, he's buddies with them and maybe he needed backup, that's why he was also there. But he was trying to do his best rock impersonations. I thought it fell a little flat, but he was just there to take a bump from the other two guys. It didn't work out as well as I thought it was, but the biggest thing from that specific interview was Cody Rhodes basically challenging The Rock to a one-on-one match. And... That seemed like an inevitability, um, but the interesting thing was he said, framed it in a way where he was saying it would happen between now and WrestleMania 40. 
So somewhere on a Raw or SmackDown, he wants to challenge The Rock to a one-on-one match, which is crazy. And obviously, my selfish ass wants to see that on the Raw in Chicago. Again. Do you guys think that's going to happen? What do you do? You think that they're actually going to do like a money match, like Rock versus Cody Rhodes on free TV? I think it's possible. But well, I, yeah. my, I mean, I seen Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson on TV. That's true, but that's also Tony Khan booking too. You know, yeah, but that's something they could. Stars. They'll do it once in a while. Really finished. Yeah, just do it. Just really. Be very well. Could be there. I mean, they the WWE actually very much loves the Allstate Arena. Um, yeah, a lot of the wrestlers hold it up to a very high regard as one of their favorite stadiums to perform at. Actually, Triple H talks about the really acoustics. Big wrestling town. Yeah, they really like the yeah. uh, the um, yeah wooden ceiling. The Stone Cold even said it actually in his podcast. He was he was with the Undertaker and he said, "Yeah, you know, we do a lot of like you know the bigger dome like arenas or the outdoor ones for WrestleMania." But he's like, honestly, one of my favorite spots was Madison Square Garden, and he's like, and he actually he actually said Rosemont. Where's my horizon, uh, baby? Where's my horizon? When did you the Allstate Arena? Was that like mid 2000s? Early 2000s. I know it would have had to been early 2000s because by the time we saw No Mercy, it was Allstate Arena. Yeah, when I uh, when I went in 2002, it was already Allstate. Oh, really? So it must have been like it must have been like 1999 or 2000 then. Super early 2000s, late 90s. And I'm surprised like, that name has lasted that long because I feel like a bunch of these other um, arenas, they always keep changing. Like it would be the Smoothie King Arena and then it's like the Credit One Bank Arena or whatever and they keep switching some of these names. That's but... all sponsors. And then like, it is. in terms of, I mean, Chris knows. He's has to pass the fucking... Uh, Rosemont all the time. It's mm-hmm. like things over there. They kind of stay popping, like all, especially the Allstate Arena. Like it's, a, I would I'd only see a sponsor leave if things were going bad. It's kind of like the United Center. The United Center's been the United Center its whole tenure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And they also like they sound like good names, you know, yeah. like the Allstate Arena. Maybe because it's AA or the United Center, like. It's yeah. it's the United Center because of the airline, but it just sounds cool. Like like I said, versus like Smoothie King Center, and that's not cool. <laughs> or even like 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 look at uh look at L A. L A. went like the, back in the day for them it was the Los Angeles Forum, but now it's the Kia Center. Yeah, but Kia Center still sounds pretty cool too. You know, it doesn't sound as cool as the Forum. No, that's true. That's true. But yeah, Chicago's a big wrestling town, so I would like to hope that The Rock. And Cody Rhodes, if they are going to do a match, which would be crazy, um, between mm-hmm. now and WrestleMania, do it at the Allstate because I want to see it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, I mean, yeah, that'd be insane. And also, like, if you want, if you want acoustics and if you want a vibe, like, if you want a crowd to hype you up for WrestleMania, the Allstate Arena in Chicago. Like, if you look no further than what just happened with like CM Punk and Survivor Series, or when Randy Orton came out during or Survivor R-Truth. Series, or just that, yeah, exactly. Or our true that whole show was like hot. So definitely do it there. Um, so hopefully our speculation becomes reality, and maybe we'll get some some uh, more clarification on the on the Raws to come. I also have a feeling that The Rock will just be heel and say, no, I'm not going to face you on uh, free TV because I'm worth more than that. And uh, I would put it on like a pay-per-view. You know, I feel like he might respond in that way. So we'll see. SummerSlam. Um, 
could always pull a Danielson in War 2 matches at Mania. That's true. But you also don't want The Rock to get injured. Because I feel like he got injured the last time that he wrestled in WWE. So he maybe did. we're just trying to hold onto um, the one match. And if he gets injured, it is what it is. But at least they got the match out of him. All those fucking baby tendons from all those steroids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we had the Judgment Day. We had the Kabuki Warriors. We have the Men's Elimination Chamber. And I think a lot of us in the last podcast, we predicted that Drew McIntyre was going to win. And thankfully, that's what happened. And I thought that was the right decision um, made for Drew McIntyre. Because Drew McIntyre has been on a on a roll like he understands what his character is and he has molded it in a way where it's it's just so good like he he makes his character makes complete sense but he also adds that additional layer of just being like one of the people i think sean ross Sapp was like there should be like a player hater of the year award because there were so many guys that are just like pure like assholes and just really good at it this year. And Drew McIntyre should win that award. DM hunk. DM hunk. I mean, he, he pulled out a marker and like put like tears on the Cody Rhodes uh, on the truck of like uh, uh, the production truck, you know, like the whole thing with CM Punk saying how he prayed for it to happen. And it came true. He, they made a shirt out of it with him crying over the graveyard of his WrestleMania career. Like just, just <laughs> top tier stuff. Nasty so, is hater. Nasty hater, <laughs> and he 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 should win the belt. He deserves it. He, like he won the tie W championship. It was in the Thunderdome, like in front of nobody. He deserved to win a title in front of seventy thousand plus people. He 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 deserves it. What do you guys? What did you guys think of, of the results? Do you feel like that's the, that was the right decision? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. my prediction. Yeah. Okay. It, it had to be him. It couldn't have been anybody else in that in that thing. I mean, it could have, but but I mean, I feel like it, it made the most sense. And in that chamber, they also set up a bunch of other feuds, um, which again, this is something WWE has been doing really well. Is um, Randy or like there were people who lost, but they kind of saved them in the way that they lost, like LA Knight getting attacked by uh, AJ Styles, and that's why he he got pinned. And so and that's the other thing like AJ Styles like a lot of people were making that comment on social media that he he flew 12 hours paid a thousand plus dollars to get on an airplane in Australia just to show up and just hit LA Knight in the head with a chair and make him lose like that, that's other player that's other nastiest player hater of the year like nomination worthy stuff you know you're just showing up off you the earth, like much. he thought he would exactly well he probably thought that like, again like he'd, he'd get there faster because the earth is flat and you know uh he should have just dug a hole from his backyard in atlanta <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> dug a hole and got to australia faster but yeah and then we saw the, a, a potential setup with logan paul versus randy orton um logan paul had brass knuckles he got rko'd out of nowhere got pinned um he brought the brass knuckles in, uh, and I don't, that's the other thing. I don't know why the Olympic Nation Chamber door was still open. Like, bitches, close that door. Like, why are these guys still coming back in and, like, knocking the shit out of people? But Logan Paul came back with those uh, brass knuckles, knocked out Randy Orton. Kevin Owens had a feud with, uh, has a feud with Logan Paul. While Logan Paul was in the pod, 
he also like i guess he has a lot of space in his junk because he was able to hold brass knuckles and a black marker and a bunch of other things i guess <laughs> like it's like a barney bag down there apparently um but it, like he he basically while he was waiting in the pod he like drew demon horns and then he drew like a stick figure of kevin owens and made him like fat and, like did a big circle <laughs> and said kevin owens sucks and like drew that on the pod dick butt <laughs> Yeah, well, Dick Butt was a meme that someone um, put on there. Which, like, I was like you could do a lot of stuff with that because, like, the the temple, the setup is so cool because you could do anything with like, and you know, the other thing he also put on the pod that S that everyone yeah, did he, drew in he drew the he drew that. Oh my! Oh That's that's really good. Um, so again, this was this was an entertaining uh, men's elimination chamber match. I just thought the women's one was just a little bit better, but again, this entire show was super solid. Everyone won, uh, you know, as expected, and you don't necessarily have to always swerve for swerve's sake. You know, you you can do what makes the most logical sense, and here I think it made the most um, sense. Uh, the main event was Ray Ripley versus. Um, uh, well, not Becky Lynch, Bray Ripley versus Nia Jax. Nia Jax. As the main event. And good on Triple H for making this actually the main event because you know sometimes they're like, okay, well, they're in front of a hometown crowd, but I feel like w a women's uh, title match doesn't always get that main event treatment, and this one was well-deserved. And Nia Jax, again, in this match, if you guys haven't seen this match, and for folks who haven't caught it um, on the podcast, definitely rewatch it, but she's also been just really good she like the, her second run has been much better than her first well by she, miles by miles i mean just just her promo work and even her in-ring work like she understands her her capabilities and how you know her body works in the match like she understands how how to work and ray ripley she did a she did a great finisher on her um and yeah spoiler alert ray ripley retains and she faces um Becky Lynch I thought that the it could have I feel like it could have gone the other way where Nia Jax retains or Nia Jax wins because Becky Lynch does have history with her too they had that whole feud thing uh leading up to uh, their match and I felt like it could have gone either way but did you guys feel like Ray Ripley was going to retain at Elimination Chamber yeah yeah that was very yeah, I felt like it wasn't going to be one of those Vince things where you know Vince used to make people lose in their hometown. In their hometown. Like, yeah. Oh, the heel's going to get over. Which is thanks God, thank God, because I feel like you just sometimes just need a good moment and something to end the night on a good, good, mm -hmm. good thing. And you know, she she won, she retained, she went to to her family. She had her sister there, her mom, her dad, I think an aunt or something. I don't know who else was there, but there was like fourteen relatives. Or there something. were there were like fourteen people, yeah, there in the front row. Where was her man at? In the house uh, of black? Oh, he wasn't there. I don't think he was there. Probably watching from the back or something. He was busy losing a collision or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's basically that was basically the whole. But he's also Show. Australian. Is he? Mm-hmm. Aussie Aussie? I wonder, is, 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 he's, he is an AW, right? I'm not crazy. No, yeah, he's he's Buddy Matthews, House of Black. Yeah, so do you think he's he's ever going to come back to 
WWE. If they bring Alistair with them. Or yeah. Malachi, depending how you know him. Alistair, Malachi Black, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I hope that, you know, th- that with uh, Ray Ripley winning and retaining, I think that she is going to retain at WrestleMania 40 and just keep keep holding on to it. I don't think Becky Lynch has to win the belt. Um, this was Becky Lynch's first Elimination Chamber, I think. Um, and oh, she no. also did really well. So at least she got that um, little notch on her belt. Um, and, and I don't know if it will main event either WrestleMania. I feel like if there is going to be a women's match, that main event it's going to be um, Bailey versus EO Sky. She's the Rumble winner, so. Right, exactly. I mean, you would think that, that, that that's how it should go, but we'll see. I don't yeah, even know if Bailey's going to main event, honestly. If you're going to have Roman Reigns versus... Um, Cody Rhodes, that's going to main event night two. If they're going to be doing a tag team match with The Rock, potentially, just based on the promo they've been doing, that's probably going to main event night one, to be honest, unless they open the Does show. That count is two times in one go for Roman Reigns to be the main event because he's main evented like eight manias, so we'll just make it 10. That's true. I mean, how, I, that's how I would look at it because it's technically two separate events it is wrestlemania but it's a night one night two it's two two events so yeah we'll see but overall good show and i think that's a wrap for this episode of the shy town shoot podcast please don't forget to like subscribe rate us and leave your feedback tune in next time for more wrestling madness until then keep marking out